Today I want to preach a sermon entitled, Along Came a Lion. Everybody say, Along Came a Lion. Judges chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came toward him roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hands, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. Now, many of you in this room are familiar with the story of Samson. It's, it's something we've probably heard in Sunday school, or maybe you've never heard it. Let, let me give you some, some background. It starts that he has a mom and dad who are visited by an angel that informs them that you're going to have a son. And this son is going to rescue Israel from the Philistines, from the bad guys. And the, not only does the angel inform them of what God was going to do through him, he also gives them instructions on how to raise him, specifically because he has a calling and a purpose and a destiny on his life. And so the, the, the angel informs them that he has to have a, what is called a Nazarite vow. It is referred to in the book of Numbers, chapter number six, as really three distinctive things as a young person or a baby being born that he had to follow all the days of his life. They were this, you were not to eat or drink anything from the vine. No, so no grapes, no wine, anything like that. Number two, you're to never cut your hair. And number three, you were to not touch anything that was dead all the days of his life. It wasn't uncommon for someone to have a Nazarite vow for a season, but he was required by the angel to live it for his entire life. So we have this man named Samson, and many of you have heard of him. He's a young man, and he has a calling on his life. He has a purpose. He's received detailed instructions given to him and his parents to follow to be that man of God that God called him to be. So far, so good. But as you read the story of Samson, it takes an interesting turn in the first part of that next chapter. It says that Samson started liking a lady from the Philistine camp. She was a Philistine woman. Isn't it interesting that he was attracted to what he was supposed to deliver them from? And so he sees this Philistine woman, and in the Israelite law, God's law was you couldn't marry outside of your tribe because you would bring in pagan religions and you would bring in the beliefs of the surrounding area. So, so his mom and dad said, listen, you can't get with this woman. We need to marry someone within the community to kind of stick with what God says. And he presses his parents and says, no, I, I want her. I want her. And the Bible says that he saw her in Timnah and he goes to Timnah. 
And while he's on his way, he's in the valley or the, the vineyards of Timnah, and the Bible says a lion comes out of nowhere. A lion comes out of nowhere. That lion just called somebody, I know that. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Very familiar passage. Peter writes and says, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I find it interesting that the enemy is correlated to a lion. Samson, with a calling, with greatness, with purpose, with instruction to walk into that calling, has run along, has been walking this path, and along came a lion. I've come to tell you today that despite how saved you may think you are, despite your age, your gender, your class, where you come from, can I tell you, at some point, Along will come a lion. The enemy of our soul, the Bible teaches us the devil has an agenda to destroy our lives. Look at that verse for a moment. First Peter said, be sober-minded, be watchful. He says, be sober-minded. In other words, be in control of yourself. Be, be clear. Don't, don't, be, don't, don't lose your head. And then he says, number two, be watchful. Be, be, be alert. Be aware of the fact that you have an enemy. And watch what uh, Paul says later, that we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. So he says, you gotta watch. He goes, you gotta be clear-headed, and here's the reason why. He says that, your adversary. Here's three things I want you to notice about this first. Number one, his attitude. His attitude. He is your adversary. If you name the name of Christ, you have an enemy against you. If you're a follower of Jesus, we know through this verse that you have an adversary. He says, your adversary, the devil. He didn't say your adversary, your mother-in-law. He didn't say your adversary, the bank. He didn't say the adversary, people. He said your adversary who has come against you is the devil. Paul said later that we wrestle not against flesh and blood with what I can see, but we fight with what we can't see. Your adversary. Number two, his, you see his attitude. Number two, you see his activity. The Bible says he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He isn't in hell passing time. He isn't down playing Uno until the end of ages. He is seeking and looking for weaknesses and moments and, and opportunities, and, and he's, he's currently looking in this room today prowling around in your family and prowling around in your business and prowling around with your children, just looking, seeking whom he can devour. 
Not only do we see his attitude and his activity, we see his appetite. He says, seeking someone to, to devour. In the Greek, that means to literally swallow up. Interesting thing I was reading about lions this week is that their tongues have a sharp pointed, have sharp pointed rasps, and they are used, they, they're really sharp. They, they're so sharp, they're used to scrape the meat off the bone. To give you an image of what the enemy wants to do with you. And he wants to devour you. Jesus said that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to... I'm not sure how the enemy's gonna show up in your life. I'm not sure what lion is gonna manifest on your journey. I'm not sure if it's gonna be a lion of a secret sin. I don't know if it's gonna be the lion of discouragement, maybe the lion of pain, maybe the lion of depression, maybe a lion of distraction or greed, a lion of weakness, whatever it is, I've just come to tell you today the lion is coming. If he hasn't already come in your life and you haven't already had to stand your ground and fight some things, I'm come to tell you today the lion is coming. Is there anybody in this room knows what it's like to fight with a lion. When the enemy sneaks in and prowls in our life. Interesting things about lions, I want you to think about this. Lions can weigh up to 500 pounds. They could be from one point to the other 10 feet long. Their teeth can be three inches long. They can run up to bursts of 50 miles an hour. The average shoulder height sitting down is 47 inches. A lion, as fascinating as this is, I studied a lot on lions and I got a sermon from the National Geographic today. <laughs> Here's what's interesting about lions. Lions are active in the dark. Lions are active in the dark. They sleep 18 to 20 hours a day. Someone say praise God. They are most active four to six hours a day in the middle of the night. They have a nocturnal sense and they can see really well in the dark. Can I tell you today, you have to stay out of the dark. If you and I are making decisions, if you and I are living a life with the shadows, living a life in dark places, living a life and making decisions that don't honor God, we are becoming more vulnerable to attacks when we are living in his territory. The Bible says that, I want you to notice, it's so good. Then Samson went down to his father, this is verse five, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. The vineyards. Now, if you remember what I just said, he has a Nazarite vow. He ain't allowed to have anything from the vines. And he has found himself in a vineyard. And it's in that vineyard where he shouldn't even be around vines. He shouldn't be around grapes. He should be as far away from anything like that. That's where he is when the lion attacks him. Why is a man who's been instructed by God to stay away from the vineyards, to stay away from vines, to stay away from grapes and wine, why is he positioned in a place that makes him vulnerable to attack? 
Because it's easy to find ourselves walking in the dark. Ephesians chapter five, verse eight says, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk, 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 live your life as children of light. Get out of the dark, Paul's saying. Don't walk in the place, because here's the reality. If it's dangerous in the dark, you're safe in the light. <laughs> Simple as that. The Bible teaches us that men love the darkness, that we naturally gravitate toward dark, dark places. Here, here's another one. Lions often hunt in groups. Here's what's interesting. I'm sure many of you know this if you've watched Animal Planet. But what's interesting about lions is that the males are normally the leaders. They normally don't hunt. So the females go out and they hunt. And they don't hunt alone. They hunt in packs. And they try to manipulate prey. And they'll walk around. The primary way they hunt is to stay hidden as long as possible. I want you to hear that. Paul lets us know that the enemy we're facing is like a lion, and a, and a tactic of the enemy, a tactic of a lion, is to stay hidden for as long as possible while they are approaching their prey. Can I just help you today? The devil doesn't normally make an announcement on his arrival. He doesn't just show up and say, hey, here I am, the devil. He does not make his presence known. He, he, when he is deceiving Eve in the garden, he'll say, did God really say? He, he'll, make his, he'll make his presence so tricky that you can't discern him. You don't know if he's there. You don't know if he's not there. Can I tell you today, it's so easy to get caught up in life and not realize how close the enemy can be. Normally, several lions will circle around the herd they're attacking, slowly driving their victims toward their other counterparts hiding in the grass. Meaning that there are always more lions than you initially see. Another track or another way they hunt is that if they are desperate, they will call in the male lion and they will be, it's not so covert, it's just straight up out and they will attack, and they will, they will just push them to a corner, they will try to get them, they will try to attack them, and, and I want you to hear this, there's always more line than you initially see, meaning that what starts small does grow big. So meaning that we just see taking a drink to take the edge off. That's how it initially starts. But there are many cases, and I can tell you the people, who has started so innocent that now has progressed into alcoholism. It's like another lion was waiting in the weeds. What just started as being tired, what started as being discouraged, what started as being overwhelmed, when they started turning to just trying to calm their nerves down, they then turn into running in the grass, finding another lion of addiction. And as a result, their marriage is now struggling. And then another lion pops up and the kids don't respect you. And now another lion pops up and you feel discouragement and condemnation and shame. And what started as what seemed like one issue has now turned into so many things. Right. 
Because there's always more lions than you initially see. What started off with just joking and some messages. Come on, I know it's going to get quiet today. What started as was just joking with somebody of the opposite sex, just joking in some messages, has now turned into who's watching the kids and who gets the kids on the weekends. And because it started so innocent, the enemy doesn't reveal his presence. And it starts so small and so, it's so innocent. And it's just a message. And Pastor Ethan, we're just joking. And the next thing you know, I heard this over. And the devil don't have new tricks. He don't have new tricks. He's been doing the same thing. He's been stealing. He's been lying. He does the same thing since the beginning. And if we just fall into just a little bit of talking, a little bit of messages, he understands me. You know, we're just venting and we're just talking to each other. It's, it's, but you just don't know what's in the grass on the other side. If you're not careful, you just don't know what seems like one. There are many. Am I helping you today? What starts off as a, what you think, a simple, innocent, isolated sin. I want you to listen to me. There is no such thing as a simple sin. Sin, all sin, will complicate our lives. There's no such thing as a, there, there are, let me say it like this. You can sin personally, but you cannot sin privately because it affects everything. There is no such thing as a solo sin. It will impact everyone. The Bible says it like this, that your sin will find you out. You know, growing up, I thought that meant that God was gonna throw it on the big screen at church and everybody's gonna know. And that could be. Some people, that happens where they get kind of busted and things come out. But sometimes I think sin will find you out means that sin will find a way to get out. I'm not talking about revealing the actual sin. I'm talking about the brokenness that sin welcomes into your life will become obvious. And so what you think is a porn addiction, you think is an isolated problem, but you're so angry all the time because you're not happy with yourself. So you think it's one lion. Now you're verbally abusive to your children. Along came a lion. I'm not saying you're not called Samson. I'm not saying you don't have purpose. I'm, I'm not saying that you don't have a calling on your life. And I'm not saying you're not uniquely loved by God. But I am telling you that you have an adversary who has an agenda, who's active. And he wants you to never pick up that there are more lions surrounding you than you could ever know. James chapter one, verse 14 says, temptation comes from our own desires. We're not blaming anybody. This is our own issues, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. What starts so small ends up killing us. Look at the progression. Starts with desire, goes into deception, then ends in death. Starts with desire, goes into deception, ends in death. I like this woman in Timnah. I can go to this valley of vines. 
I'm not supposed to be chasing this woman outside of what God has asked me to do. These are not my people. I'm not supposed to be in the valley of Timnah. But look at the progression. Starts with the desire. And then self-deception. And eventually death. Here's another one. Lions prefer to attack when the conditions are in their favor. Lions are looking for the weak and the isolated. They're looking for, for someone outside of the pack. Looking for someone outside of the herd. They're looking for that sickly looking animal that can't keep up. That's not with everybody else. Can I tell you today, you know where I'm going with this. You are best when you're in the church. When you are isolated and you are away from everybody and you're out of a small group and you're not doing life with people and nobody, you're not accountable to anybody, you are more vulnerable to lion attacks in your life when you're isolated. That's why the enemy fights so hard to get you out of church. Isn't it obvious that the enemy has fought so hard to not let you be here and don't go to church and it's not worth it and you're tired today, you need to sleep in, all they want is money, he's a Yankee, he likes Ohio State, go Bucks. But I mean... I had to slip it in. I had to slip it in. I felt, I got, I literally almost spoke in tongues last night watching that game. But we're gonna, I'm gonna focus. Focus, people. We're in the house of God. The enemy is looking for you. So he don't want you to be here. So the last thing he wants is for you to be in community. Notice something. Oh, this is so good. I thought of this this morning. His mom and dad tried to talk him out of this. Remember? Go back and read it. His mom and dad say, listen, son. No, she's a Philistine. And they're probably remembering everything the angel told him. You are supposed to fight them, not hook up with them. <laughs> this is not good, son. But he pressed them. And then the Bible says mom and dad were with them. I want you to think about this. He was not teachable, so he became more vulnerable. And the voices that should be instructing him eventually became compliant and says, you know what, forget it. If this is what he wants, we'll just make it happen. If you keep resisting voices of accountability in your life, they will no longer be present. There will be people who don't want to speak into your life because you resist it so much. And then you get mad when a lion shows up talking about, ain't nobody got my back. Everybody tried to get your ear. And then you, let me, I'm getting in the flesh. Because <laughs> I've seen this. Here's another thing about the conditions. Lions like to attack, ooh, this is so good, in storms. When the rain falls and thunder rolls, in the words of Garth Brooks, <laughs> and the thunder rolls and the lightning strikes. <laughs> Listen, pay attention, class. <laughs> we're so bad here. I'm telling you, if you're a visitor today, we're normally better. The lions like storms because you cannot hear them coming. So the conditions around them play to their favor. How many of you know that in storms of life, it just feels like we're more vulnerable? 
We'll believe the lies of the enemy when things are hard, when your kids are acting up. It's, it's just, it's when things are difficult, when the economy is down, when, when, when it's a voting year and everybody's arguing and it just seems like things are crazy around you and it just seems like it's, it's, you can't perceive well. Can I tell you, that's when you're vulnerable. The enemy will use everything he can. He'll use the death of your mother to bring in discouragement. Sneak in, put grief on you. It's a storm of life, your faith. He'll use that your kid going to jail to bring in bitterness and anger and frustration. It's easy to justify some lions when there are some storms. I can be bitter, I can be upset, I can be, no, 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 no. Just because it's raining doesn't make it right. Judges, back to Judges 14, it says, Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah. And they came to the vineyards of of Timnah, and behold, a young lion, watch this, came roaring. We're talking about the conditions and how they like to attack. A lion, a lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away. A roar communicates who is in charge. A a, a roar of a lion keeps the threats away. In essence, when a lion roars, they are communicating their power. They are saying this territory is occupied. This roaring lion, every time you look in the Bible, you find a roaring lion, it's always a negative connotation. And let me tell you something, when the enemy is attacking, notice what he does, he comes roaring. Did you catch it? He came at Samson roaring because the enemy doesn't come quietly. He's always got deception. He's always got something to say. He tries to intimidate us. He tries to discourage us. He'll tell you in your ear that nobody loves you. He'll tell you in your ear that, you know what, nobody notices you, nobody cares. He'll tell you in your ear that you're never gonna get free. He'll he'll roar in your family and say, you know what, everybody's gonna be divorced in this house because your mama was divorced and your daddy was divorced and your great-granddaddy was three times divorced. All these things, he just seems to kind of mark his territory by roaring in our lives. He'll roar in our homes and roar in our business and he tried to roar at Viper Church a few years ago, but the devil is a liar. The, The devil just comes saying things, trying to freak people out and discourage them. But the devil is a liar, and if he's talking, he's lying. Bible says there's no truth in him, none, meaning that if the devil tells you you're never going to get free, that should be the first indication based on the source that you're going to get free. If the devil comes in and says, your kid's never going to get saved, what, what do you know? Have you ever been on Facebook? And, and Facebook is just the worst. I mean, it is the garbage can of society. Amen? And you get on, and you see an article somebody posts, and it's like so outrageous. You're like, oh my Lord, we went to the moon and had a party? 
or something ridiculous. And you know what I've learned? I'll see people share stuff and I'm always like, hey, did you see who the source was for this? Did you just take a minute and see who is saying this stuff? Or you probably wouldn't share it if you knew who said it. But you got caught up with the picture, you got caught up with the headline, and you're like, it must be true, it's on the internet. <laughs> if we consider the source of who's trying to tell us things, and we need to remind ourselves that this, this is, that you are not a reliable source of information. You are a liar. Let me just jump over to the truth because the truth says that it will set me free. I know what you say over here, but I know what God says, so you can roar all you want. You can try to scare me off my family, scare me off my, am I talking to anybody? Let me, let me wrap up with this. I was watching some videos this week and they had a, uh, an African safari guide and he was talking and he said, he said something like this. He said, if we are out walking, <laughs> and a lion shows up, he said, everybody. I kind of sound like Sebastian on the Little Mermaid. <laughs> I, was like, I was trying to get you there, but now I'm, I'm not where I thought I'd be. He goes, give me the musicians, please. We gotta wrap this up. He said, everybody. Yeah, I wanna finish it. He said, everybody, get in a line. So he, he says, everybody get in a line and keep facing the lion. This is what he said, keep facing the lion. He goes, do not turn, he said like it, do not turn your back on the lion. He says, because it communicates, man, that you're afraid. He informed on my YouTube National Geographic video, he informed them that to a lion, we are super predators because we're on two feet. So when a lion sees a person, they don't know how to respond exactly. When a lion sees a person, they don't know if this is a threat. They don't know if they're safe. They don't know how to perceive. And so what the lion does, it will roar to communicate, this is my territory. And what the lion is used to seeing is zebra running, giraffes running, hyenas intimidated. But when something it cannot recognize doesn't move, it communicates to the lion, no, this is my territory. And so the lion roars to scare you off your property, to scare you to try to get you away. Because this is what he said, the lion's more afraid of you than you are of it. He said, if you hold, this is what he said, if you hold your ground and wave your arms and scream like you've lost your mind, the lion doesn't know what to do. 
So the lion then begins to move back. He says, if you move your head back or you begin to step, you immediately communicate to the lion that this is, oh yeah, yeah, this is my territory. But when you don't move and you hold your ground and you make some noise back, you let the lion know that no, no, this is my land, this is my family, this is my church, this is my marriage, this is my mind, as for me and my house. The Bible says to resist the devil and he will. Watch this. First Peter, back to that verse. Well, I want to show you, I've never seen this till today. He said, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Verse 9, watch this. Resist him. Firm. Firm. Firm in your faith. That when the enemy comes in, the Bible says, like a flood, the Spirit of God raises a standard against him. And so you and I, have to hold dark ground, not give an inch to communicate to our opposing army that this is his territory. No, 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 I think today someone's gonna have to get something in their spirit and realize, no, 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 as for me and my house, this is our territory, this is my mind, this is my marriage, this is my church, this is my family, this is my community. I don't care how loud you roar, I'm gonna hold my ground. I don't care what you say, I don't care what lies you tell, I'm holding my ground, I'm fighting my fight, I'm staying right here gonna run me out of this marriage I'm right here ain't gonna run me out of this church I'm right here Bible says that Samson went down with his father's mother to Timnah and they came to the vineyards of Timnah and behold a young lion came toward him roaring in verse 6 then in the middle of the roar, in the middle of the attack, then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and, oh, I love this, although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears up a young goat. Although he had nothing in his hand, God was letting him know God is letting us know through this scripture that I can do stuff that human ingenuity cannot take the credit for. I can kill a lion through you by the power of my spirit. I, I, can, I can help you defeat addiction. I can help you defeat things. I can help you, I can help you beat the thing that's trying to beat you. But hear me, I can do something so powerful that your income can't take credit for it. I could do something so powerful that your affluence can't take credit. I could do something so significant and so supernatural and so obvious that it was me that you can't take any credit, that your credit score take, can't, can't take credit, that what people think in your net worth and your net worth can't take credit for. I can do something without anything in your hand. When I was thinking of this story, I couldn't help but think about the gospel. 
every person in this room, by default, born in sin, shaping in iniquity, all have fallen short of the glory of God. We were lost in sin and shame and dead in our trespasses, Ephesians says. But along came a lion. They took our Savior, Jesus, and they nailed him to a cross, pulled the beard from his face, and they spit on him and punched him and laughed at him and mocked him. And while he hung on the cross, it's almost like all of hell's fiercest lions circled the bottom and said, save yourself. Laughing and roaring and mocking and making fun of him and jeering him. And Jesus on the cross, you know the story. The Bible says, with a loud voice, he groaned out, it is finished. And when he said that, the Bible says that the temple began to shake and the community began to quake and things began to happen. And people said, like, what manner of man was this? Can I tell you today? It wasn't a man that was hanging on the cross. It was at that moment a roar from the lion of the tribe of Judah that when he said it is finished, he was declaring that so is. I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And any lion that thinks it's bigger than me you know, the Bible calls the devil a lion. But in the book of Revelation, the Bible says that Jesus is the lion. And I've come to tell you today, I don't know what enemy has been roaring over your life, but we have a lion much greater than Satan himself. His name is Jesus. And when Jesus speaks peace over the storm, storms begin to settle. When Jesus speaks, the roar of the lion goes over the land and hearts can be saved and minds can be transformed and marriages can be touched. Why? Because we serve a God that lion is much, much greater than any works of darkness. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you believe it, if there's anybody at 11 o'clock thankful that your God is a roaring lion, that no devil has been able to shake him off his territory, put your hands together. Give God a praise and let heaven know I'm holding my ground. Holding my ground. Holding my ground. Devil can't take you. You're God's territory. He roars over to you. Says, this is my son. This is my daughter. God, I don't know how I'm going to make through it. I don't know how I'm going to push through this. I've come to tell you today. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I don't know what lion you're facing. I don't know what difficulty you've been dealing with. I don't know what second guessing you're having. I, I don't know what struggle you're dealing with in your mind. And, but can I tell you today that God can help you, Samson, that in that moment that it feels like he's going to eat you up, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, says God, that the thing that was going to eat you, you can shred it and tear it apart. Lightly, the Bible says, with no effort. 
I want to pray with you today that if you're in this room and you feel like I've been fighting some lions and you say, Pastor Ethan, I don't know. I've just been in the valley of Timnah. I don't know how I got to this place. Things have just been overwhelming. Discouragement has come. Depression is here. I've made some poor decisions. Whatever. You don't always got to make a poor decision for a devil to fight you. But if you're in the room today and you just say, Pastor Ethan, I've got some lions I'm fighting. I want you just right where you are, just raise your hand. Say, I'm just fighting some lions. Thank you for the hands all over the room. All over. Thank you for the honesty. I'm just fighting some lions, man. Just, I'm hurting right now. I got questions. <laughs> Father, we thank you for every person in this room today. Father, we thank you that the roar of the enemy has tried to break us down and throw us off, but we're still standing here. Father, I pray for the single mothers in the room that, that there's just been a roar over your home and of discouragement. And I pray today that the devil is a liar. I pray strength from another world. Father, I pray for every business owner. I pray for every husband and wife. I, I pray for every teenager. I pray for every person that feels the hot breath of a lion that has their mouth open trying to scare them and try to get them off their territory. Father, I pray they hold their ground and by the power of the Holy Spirit, they will resist the devil. And I pray in the name of Jesus, he's going to flee. He's going to run. The Bible says if the thief be found, he has to pay back seven times. So Father, I I pray in the name of Jesus. We see you, devil. We know what you're up to. You're not tricking us no more. And we command you in the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to get your hands off people, get your hands off marriages, get your hands off homes, get your hands off this community. We believe it in Jesus' name. Hold your ground. Stand still. And know that greater is he that is in you, that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, all over the room, if you're comfortable, why don't you put your hands in the air and just worship the king right there. As Pastor Tyson and the team sing, we declare it, God. We believe it, God. We thank you, God.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give me two more minutes. I want to I wanna reemphasize or clarify something I said. I was referring to our community, if you remember a few minutes ago. I want to speak something that I have a bother with. I didn't say this last time. I got to bother with something. I'm new to this community. But I hear a roar from hell over this city. It says things. I see it. I feel it. In, I see it in the atmosphere. Talking to people, you can feel it. You can feel it in the schools. You can feel it everywhere. It's this thing that just says, you know, we're poor and broken. And we're no good. This community's crime rate. And, you know, black people, white people don't get along. And all this stuff. I've heard a lot since I moved here. I've heard crazy stuff since I moved here. And I don't want to just say that it was a really fast statement that I felt the room kind of be like, what's he talking about? Let me, let me just say something. That's a roar of the enemy. We don't have to believe that. We don't have to. The, enemy, the enemy's power is in ignorance. He traffics what in places we do not understand, meaning that we're destroyed for our lack of knowledge. So meaning that when we have an enemy roaring lies over our city, poverty rate and people's leaving and nobody wants to stay here and all that, you and I got to get a word and we got to roar back. No, that's not true. I didn't move to Mississippi to raise my kids and some broken heart and we're not going to make it and we're just making it along. No, no, no. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. No, no opportunities are coming to this city. No, no, no. We're blessed. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. You can roar what you want to roar, but I hear the lion of the tribe of Judah and I just declare and decree over this city that no gates of hell will be able to prevail. I speak life over the mayor. I speak life over our, our, our leaders. I speak life over every church. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I pray revival over all corners of this community, all over the Golden Triangle. Fill every church. Fill every community. Strengthen every pastor and every demon of poverty. You gotta go. Every demon of racism. You gotta go. Every demon of deception. You gotta go. I know I hit you in the spirit, devil. When I said that, I command you in the name of Jesus. This is your last day where we believe the lie of the roar of the enemy. And we stand up and say the righteous are as bold as a lion. But the wicked flee from no man. In the name of Jesus. Now give God a praise. 